0: Ayer's on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Hi there, this is the Ayer's and we are on the road this week. We are in the Big Apple, New York City, having a great time waiting for a new grandbaby to arrive any day.
1: We do love the city. You know, I went on my first LDS mission here to New York City an innumerable number of years ago and, and we've been blessed I guess or cursed depending on your perspective to have at least one child living here for about the last 15 years going back to when our daughter attended Columbia so we've always had someone to come and stay with and um, it's our youngest son Eli and his wife Julie who live here now and they're expecting their second baby and to their credit, I think, they don't know whether it's a boy or a girl. They decided they wanted to be surprised, so we're here waiting. The due date was yesterday, and we don't know whether it's a boy or a girl.
0: Um, I always say when, we, when our kids say we don't want to know, I say, okay, just give me your doctor's name. I'll find out. I won't tell you. But it didn't work. It
1: didn't and work. And so
0: we don't know either. It's going to be so interesting to see who pops into the world. This week.
1: So instead of traveling around giving speeches or doing media interviews or TV shows, we're, we're running around greeting grandkids. I mean, last week we were at a granddaughter's baptism. This week we're waiting for a grandson's birth. I say it's a boy, by the way.
0: I better say it's a girl, then. You
1: better say it's a girl. All right. And, you know, it's it's kind of fun to be on the road for family reasons.
0: It is so exciting, and we do love New York City. Um, we saw a new Broadway play last night called An American in Paris, which was fabulous. The dancing was oh, out of was this unique. world. And a lot of ballet really instead unique. of the
1: typical Broadway ballet dancing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it but it was awesome. so terrific. And we've been to the playground. We've... Uh, I do Actually, an awesome playground this afternoon, and we've also been to the museum, the Natural History Museum, which is just down the street. And
1: Well, you've been doing that, I've been mainly staying home to babysit, you
0: know. No, you have not. We, we had taking, a baby I've with us, don't you say that? Zara
1: to the playground, teaching her how to go down slippery slides. Right.
0: Um, we did hit Central Park on the most gorgeous day of the year,
1: which happened to be your birthday,
0: which did happen to be my birthday on day before yesterday, so it really was. So gorgeous that it was just breathtaking.
1: When you go to New York City on the on the height of springtime and there's blossoms in the park and on the trees along the streets, and so on, you're like, why doesn't everyone live here? And then if you go back to Manhattan on, let's say, the middle of January and it's cold and the wind's blowing down the canyons, like, why would anyone ever live here? Which sort of segues to our subject for today, Linda. It does. The ideal place to raise a family. Many of you have wondered about that, and today we're going to reveal to you the absolute ideal place on earth to raise a family.
0: And you know, since we are so knowledgeable, we have children living all over the world, we know exactly <laughs> where the best place is to raise children, don't we?
1: Yeah, we sure do. Should we just dump it on them right away, or should we? Let's make them guess for a little while. I mean, what would you say, I mean, we, this is a question that comes up a lot. I mean, let's say you're, you're, you're a couple, you're, you're thinking of having children, you're sort of trying to get your career organized, and you're like, hmm, I wonder where we, should, where we should live. I wonder where is the ideal place to raise a family? Where is the best place to bring kids into the world and help them grow up and so on? I'm just kind of talking about this for a while because I want your minds to start going and thinking, where where do you think the idea? What are some of the characteristics you'd want? In the ideal place to raise a child and raise a family.
0: Well, while you're thinking about it, I do have to say that last week we thought it was Hawaii. We were in Hawaii with a a darling family. She's just kidding. We don't really think it's such an amazing lifestyle. It is so fun. You're
1: just trying to lead them astray, Linda, on the real Well, the week before that,
0: we were in Boston. And it was at the end of the snow. It was the same thing. I mean, it was, you know, during the summer, you think, oh, with all the history here, who would want to live here? And then January, February, March, April, and going into May, we think, who would want to live here? Because
1: She's just trying to throw you off, listeners. She's trying to give you a bunch of smoke screen so, to, so you won't guess the real ideal place to raise a family. Right, honey?
0: Well, for sure. I mean, wouldn't
1: you want, here's some of the things you'd probably want. You'd probably want... You know, culture. You'd want a lot of culture that you could expose your children to. You'd probably want museums. You'd probably want, you know, uh, a lot of arts. You'd probably want a lot of that. You'd probably want uh, uh, a lot of uh, sports environment. You'd probably want outdoor recreation, right, in in the ideal place to raise a a child or a family. You'd probably want um, diversity. You'd probably want strong... Church connections, whatever your church was, you'd probably want there to be a good church there that you can or could go to. a
0: community group that you feel comfortable with. You'd certainly
1: want good schools.
0: Oh absolutely. You have to have the best schools, right? Right.
1: So are you are you figuring out where the ideal place is to raise a family yet?
0: Well, if you don't know I have to say it is wherever you're raising your family.
1: Oh, Linda, you're giving up. You're it giving up.
0: really is true. Honestly, we have been watching these young families here in New York. We are in living in a long hallway with our son and daughter-in-law. Um,
1: Their apartment is a long hallway.
0: That's right. Their (laughs) apartment's a long hallway. It does have two doors, one to their bedroom and one to the bathroom.
1: At the two ends of the hall.
0: But honestly, you should see this place. It is so cool. There is artwork all over the walls. Our son is a photographer, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It is beautifully furnished. There is a place for everything and everything in his place. The only really drawback, which actually is probably good for us, It's a five-story walk-up. And actually, they're only four stories. Elevators are overrated. Even though they live at 5S. But it really is, it's delightful. I mean, they've figured out how to make this work. We had groceries delivered today. Um, You can go to Trader Joe's and pay I don't know, $6 or something, and they'll bring you whatever Some you little buy. guy will
1: lug your groceries up five stories of stairs. They and send some, out their the laundry,
0: and it's delivered to them in beautiful little cellophane packages every week.
1: But you know, Linda, a lot of people would say, wait, 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 wait. I, I was having a hard time figuring out the ideal place to raise a family, but I, I yeah. immediately knew what the worst place to raise a family would be. New York City. I mean, give me a break. They don't even have grass there. You got to walk out on the sidewalk and get hit by a truck. I mean, this this must be the worst possible place. Well, guess what? You could make a pretty good argument the other way. In fact, we were sitting in a little restaurant today and along past us on the street came a woman who had a double stroller,
0: yeah, I was going to, and two
1: little happened. toddlers, one on each side of the, side stroller. And a baby so in four, the stroller. Well, four kids, two in the stroller oh, and why two walking along, and and our son happened to know her and said, "See that woman right there? They have eight children." And they live right in the city. In fact, they moved out of the city because they wanted to get out in the suburbs, and they didn't like it. They moved back to the middle of Manhattan to raise these eight kids. Now, is that crazy?
0: That is wild, but they're making it work. They're making it work. I mean, she didn't look crazy at all. She looked totally with it. She didn't look
1: crazy. (laughs) Well, she looked a little crazy with all four of those kids. No,
0: it was just that it was windy and cold. Oh, okay. She looked totally calm. I guess that
1: was it. I guess that was it. So... Let kind of jumped the gun and gave you the answer. But, you know, we, it is interesting. We hear a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of moms, a lot of dads, kind of searching, where's the ideal place? And you'll hear someone say, oh, well, it's probably Orem, Utah. It's probably, you know, it must be the ideal place. Because, look, everyone there has so many kids. That must be the <laughs> ideal place.
0: Everyone there is happy. It's Happy Valley. And I'm sure anyone that lives there knows that that is not exactly true.
1: Well, they might think it is. And I mean, if they do more power to well, them. Well, not,
0: not that everyone's happy. I mean, no right. one's happy everywhere, but er, then, anywhere.
1: Yeah, but then you'll see people who are raising their family on a, on a farm. And they'll say, oh, man, this is the place. Because we can teach our kids to work. We can teach them to, you know, get out there and milk cows and gather eggs and weed the garden and so on. This is a great place to raise them. And then you'll see people who live in suburbia who will say, ah, come on, this is the place because we've got great schools here and we've got access to the city if we want to go in and go to museums and so on. And you'll hear people are raising their kids abroad saying, you know, this is the place. We, we want to get our kids out of, out of their comfort zone, get them out where they learn other cultures, learn other languages. We've got his son and his Wife who just moved to Switzerland, and that's kind of some of the things they're saying. And so what's so okay. interesting is that there really are a lot of answers to the question, what is the ideal place to raise a family? You know what bothers me, Linda?
0: What? I mean, I love
1: it when I hear people say, oh, we're raising ours on a farm. It's the best place. Or you hear someone say, we're raising ours in New York City. It's the best place. Or you hear someone saying, well, we're, you know, we're out here in Switzerland. It's the perfect place. What I don't like to hear and what we hear fairly often is sort of the grass is greener on the other side of the fence syndrome. People are say, oh, my word, we're stuck here in the city because of my job. And, and we just wish we could move to a farm or get somewhere where we're outside, where we can really do things. We have other people who are in exactly the situation that the first family wishes they were in. And they're wishing they were in the other family situation.
0: I know. It is so interesting. Our One of our families who lives really an alternate lifestyle, they are so fun to watch and so entertaining. And our other kids say, I want to live that way. But you know what? It's just like when you see a concert violinist, you say, I want to play that way. But guess what? It takes... 10,000 hours to get that good and it takes a lot of expertise and dedication and focus on making it the very best that they possibly can.
1: So, some of you already know where we're going with this discussion, but the fact is what we think matters so much, namely where are we going to raise our family, actually doesn't matter at all. What matters is what's in your head. What matters is what's in your mind. What matters is You know, have you figured out what you're going to do with your family, what your goals are, how you're going to raise them, how you're going to take advantage of the place that you do live. Now, you know, the the beautiful thing about today's world is whatever you're lacking in the place you've chosen to raise your family, or maybe you haven't chosen it, maybe the place you're stuck or the place you live, it doesn't really matter where you are because, the thing that you can do is make up for it with technology. I mean, the beautiful thing about today's world, whatever you're lacking in the environment that you're living in right now, guess what? You can, and you just mentioned a great example of it, Linda. Here's, a, here's two young people and one child and another one on the way, and they live in a five-story walk up in the middle of New York. You could think of a lot of things they're missing, but they get them all. They're not, they're not,
0: they're not deprived. No, they aren't. And, you know, we're going to take a short break here soon, but I I want to suggest, and we haven't talked about this, but I think that we should, the second half, talk about where we came from and the different lifestyle that our children are leading than we did and how much difference that made to us.
1: I think that's a good idea, And and you know where we're going to end up, but it'll be interesting to you as listeners to see how we get there. We're going to end up with the conclusion that it's not where you live. It's not where you raise your family, it's how, and it's what you put into it. And any place can work.
0: Well, now you just told them that can are cool. Well,
1: no, I didn't. I just sort of gave them a little <laughs> clue.
0: Okay, so we'll be back soon to talk about our childhoods and maybe get you back to memory lane, too. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Ayers on the Road. Parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Eyer.
1: And we're back after a brief break talking about the ideal place to raise a family.
0: And as I mentioned in the first half, I think it's really um, important to look at your own childhood. Now, I know that there are a lot of people who don't like looking back at their childhood because they may not have had a nice childhood or good parents or... Had a hard time or had some siblings that um, they argued with their whole life and they still don't like them. I mean, I don't know what it is, but. Well, we're we're all
1: a little that way. I mean, I'm insecure. I When I think of my childhood, I think about striking out and missing balls in the outfield and having the other kids laugh at me and make me play right field.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I think of my mother really wanted me to be an athlete. She wanted it so bad because she was a fabulous athlete. And we went out to a little schoolhouse five miles away from our house because our original schoolhouse burned down when I was in the fourth grade and my mother was my teacher. And I just, I I used to literally, I used to pray that I'd get a bloody nose at recess so I wouldn't have to play baseball because I hated baseball. I was the worst in the world. And you could not identify with that As as well as anything else, I mean, it's just the most foreign thing to you in the world. to hate athletics.
1: Well, but the thing I think where you're leading, Linda, is that, um, you know, maybe I'm going to ask you in the form of a question. Do you think the reason that we sort of got hung up with the objective of trying to raise our kids to be citizens of the world, we'll talk a little more about what we think that means, but do you think we ended up having that goal to raise citizens of the world simply because... We were the furthest possible thing from that. I it mean, could be. I mean, Linda, honestly, you didn't see an African-American until you were 18 years old.
0: I know. I was a car the- hop at the ANW. <laughs> and it was the World's Fair time. And a, a little family drove up. This African-American family. And I, I looked at my friends there working with me. and I said, what should I do? I was a car hop. But I said, well, go wait on them for heaven's sake. And of course, I mean, they were not because
1: you had any prejudice. Of course you not. You grew up in such a sheltered, tiny community that you had never met any form of diversity. And I, and I wasn't much different. I grew up in Logan, sleepy little town, and uh, you know, if you'd asked me a political question or a, a question about culture somewhere else, I'd look to you like, what are you talking about? You know, I mean, we really, and, and the funny thing is, we both remember our childhoods as some sometimes a little bit trama- traumatic or, or whatever, but I think we remember them as idyllic, did, idyllic oh,
0: really. Honestly, so I, I mean, just rode my bike, and town the bike around town all the time, I used to babysit for... Hours and hours at 25 cents an hour. But I loved those little girls. And, you know, it really was an idyllic time. But I do remember people coming to me in high school when the whole thing was going on with Martin Luther King and equal rights and so on. And somebody saying, well, what do you think? Do you think the blacks should be able to vote? Do you think? Or you're
1: dating yourself now. I
0: am. I am. I don't care. They
1: did have the right to vote. They just weren't. Letting them vote in the South. Well,
0: maybe it was segregation. <laughs> Linda's not 100 about years about segregation. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're right. No, no, no. That's, no they, they, did,
1: they couldn't vote because we'll people were not registered. We'll have to have an about them.
0: this afterwards because yeah. they couldn't register to vote. That's right, exactly. So they were really giving them a hard time. But also segregation was a huge thing. Well, what do you think? Well, I said, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know anything so, about so, what was going on in the world.
1: Yeah, so the point is, I mean, we live in different times today, and... Probably what our parents should have been a little more worried about was exposing us to a broader view of the world. Now I'm not criticizing either of our parents. That was just a different time. But the point is, today that's that's probably something you don't have to worry about very much. You probably have to worry more about limiting their exposure to the parts of the world you just assume not have them know much about. And, and of course. The challenges of the Internet and the challenges of cyberspace that we face, parents face today, are very, very different than anything that our parents faced. But again, it's that old grass is greener. I hate it when I hear people say, oh, I just wish I'd raised my family 30 years ago and I wouldn't have had to worry about pornography and I wouldn't have had to worry about, you know, video games and so on. And, and then you hear other parents who are like, wow, isn't this awesome But we live today and we, we have access to so many things and we can teach our children so many things that our parents couldn't even begin to teach us. We can show them more in five minutes on the Internet than our parents could show us in a year of hauling us around to libraries or taking us to the big city where we could go to a museum or something. So, again, it's all about being optimistic about where you live and when you live and finding all the good aspects of that time and that place and feeding them into your whole parenting philosophy. And it's all about not being someone who wishes you lived in a different place, wishes you lived in a different time, bemoans how hard it is today, because none of that does you any good.
0: It doesn't, and if you look for the positive Really, we live in the most remarkable time to raise children. We talked a little bit last time about uh, the fear of people, that the fear that people now have, especially millennials, getting married and having children because it's such a scary world. And it is a scary world, I have to say. But it really is quite amazing that we live in the most marvelous, miraculous time ever on the face of the earth up to this time. And our children... Uh, especially ones that are doing blogs, we have daughters that are doing blogs, um, are really into enjoying the word enjoy this year. Several of them decided that was going to be their word for the year, enjoy what you're doing and living in the present. Um, we have a daughter in Boston who just gave a wonderful talk called Enjoy It Because It's Happening. It just is what it is, so enjoy it. And no matter what it is, I mean, this girl has one bathroom, four kids, and uh, has lived in that horrible Boston winter, and she's still finding a way to enjoy her life as it is. So,
1: In fact, I, I should mention that uh, this week in our column in the Deseret News, I know a lot of you listeners read this column, and, and if you're anywhere in the world, you go to deseretnews.com and and find our column each week. And this week, we we instead of writing something ourselves, we just posted a blog post done by this daughter, Sadie, who you're talking about, honey, who lives in Boston. And I love the title of her post, and now the title of the article, uh, uh, on, on Not Letting Kids Get in the Way of Your Parenting. <laughs> or, I think it no, is On, on kids, kids Getting in the Way of your, of your Parenting.
0: parenting. Because I think sometimes we yeah. do that. I mean, we have these great plans that our children are going to be this and that and the other. And we have all these great things in our minds about that they're going to have lessons. They're going to be concert violinists. And in her case, it was during Easter week, which has happened recently. They were She had this huge program ready to really educate her kids. And I'm telling you what, they revolted. And she <laughs> had such an amazing experience. Which did turn out nicely, but it well, really she learned, was. Yeah,
1: she learned it. Just the lesson we're talking about. She learned to go with the flow, go with what's happening, go with where you are, go with you know what you, where you when and where you are, make it count, and don't try to force things to happen that that maybe could happen better in another place or better in another time. Take what's going on and make the most of it, and and she does a great job of that. And Linda, while you're talking about it, I often think we don't mention often enough um, some of these,
0: you know, we know there's
1: a certain amount of curiosity about our family simply because we've been doing parenting things for such a long time. And Those of you who listen to this radio show know we have a lot of kids and you know that a lot of them are now parents in their own right and doing better things in parenting than we did, we think. And the neat thing is that in this world we live in, there are these blogs. And, and, you know, if you're interested in Sadie's blog, it's just called bostonshumways.com. Or blog not, blogspot.com. A lot of you watch our daughter Shawnee's blog, 71toes.com. 71 is numeral, 71.com.
0: And we should just mention
1: dot- 71toes.com.
0: We should say that people say, what? Why 71? I mean, it's just the number 71. The reason is that their youngest, their fifth daughter, was born with an extra toe. So at the time she started this blog, they had 71 toes in their family. So since then, they have removed the extra toe back. And
1: then then our oldest daughter, Saren, has a wonderful website and organization called powerofmoms.com. And it's, it's good we're mentioning that, Linda, because one of the pleasures we have is every year in the spring, we get to donate our house as a gathering place for a worldwide sort of Power of Moms seminar or retreat, and it's coming up. It's coming up. we got to get home from New York and get our house ready, get our windows washed, get ready for the onslaught right. of 120 women who are going to come and have a... A wonderful weekend talking about what else the power of moms
0: absolutely and in fact we're flying this daughter out from boston so that she can give her wonderful presentation on enjoy it because it's happening
1: Now we're hoping that she'll convince people that they're really in the right place to raise their kids simply because they're not in boston <laughs>
0: i think that's right but it really will be fun i think it's filling up they may have a few more spaces if you're interested you can go to powermoms.com and there'll be something there to, to direct you
1: so it's a wonderful world we we just love the idea that uh, and I'll tell you one more thing to be optimistic on you can you can get a lot of negatives when you start thinking about parenting and families in general and we're guilty of it sometimes ourselves. you know why aren't people getting married like they used to. Why aren't people having children like they used to? Why, why, why? Oh, why
0: aren't my children perfect? Why can't I make this happen? Yeah. We all feel like so that. So
1: maybe usually. we're a little guilty there too, but but to not have the grasses greener, to not want to live in a different time or a different place, to say, you know what, and I, and I believe this, I'm not making this up, there there are more people working harder at being good parents today, right now, than ever before in the history of this world.
0: Oh, absolutely. Parenting was not a word 50 years ago. No one talked about parenting. They just had children. I really during my mother and father's era, it wasn't which was even a long a word,
1: time ago, they had children coming?
0: to help on the farms. Yeah. I mean, that was why they had children. And then, you know, the relationships were just a side effect. So
1: I totally agree. So that's kind of our message today from Myers on the Road, is whether you're on the road or whether you wish you could go somewhere and you've been stuck in your house for years or whatever, <laughs> whatever your circumstance is, look around, think optimistically, and realize that any place is the perfect the place, place to raise a child or a family if you want to make it that way.
0: Absolutely. We just we compliment all of you who are raising families because it is a hard job. It's really something that it takes a lot of deliberate uh, work and concentration. But thank you for all of you who are enjoying what you're doing. And being where you are because it's the very best place.
1: And by next week, we'll be off the road back home and we'll have a new grandbaby. And we'll tell you whether it's a boy or a girl. So we'll see you next time on Hires on the Road.
0: Bye-bye.